First John chapter 2. We're going to cover verses 20 and 21, but let's begin where we studied last, two weeks ago, in our last study in the book of First John, which was verses 18 and 19. Do you have it? <coughs> Dear children, this is the last hour, not the last days, the last hour. As you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come. And they come and go in what? Cycles. Remember that? This is how we know it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they did not really belong to us. For if they had belonged to us, they would have remained with us. But the going showed that none of them belonged to us, which was a word called what? Heresy. We covered that. Now, we're going to cover verses 20 and 21. But you have an anointing from the Holy One. And all of you know the truth. I do not write to you because you do not know the truth, because you do know it, and because no lie comes from the truth. But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and all of you know the truth. I do not write to you because you do not know the truth, because you do know, that, know it, and because no lie comes from the truth. Father, I pray that you mingle your spirit, Lord God, with your word here and also with your disciples, us. And as we study your word, Lord God, that we would grow thereby and understand it better by and by when we get to see you face to face. We honor you and we bless you, Lord God. Let this word fall on good soil. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody together said, amen. amen. Greet one another one more time in the love of the Lord. To know God, to know better. That's one of my sayings and quotations that I often utilize. And so I've inserted it as the title here for this morning's summary. Because as I was studying for this, I said, man, that's a perfect title for what... The Apostle John is bringing out here in the book of 1 John. In our last study two weeks ago, we found that the purpose of every believer, every Christian, is to acquire truth and then to make that truth known. We covered that. I think that's quite a statement. To acquire truth, not heresy, but the genuine, you know, real truth. And then once we acquire it, go ye. Uh, Teach it to other people. Don't just keep it to yourself. Acquire the truth and then to make it known. Also, we mentioned that 1 John was broken into five sections. We're going to be covering that as we cover the book of 1 John. The first section that we covered was found in chapter 1 all the way to chapter 2, verses from chapter 2 to verse 17. That was the first section, which, which was maintaining fellowship. Remember that? We've been covering a lot about fellowship then. But the second section of the five sections that First John has broken up into, we entered into two weeks ago, which was maintaining truth. The first section, maintaining fellowship. This section now that we're into the four, four verses into it now is maintaining the truth. Okay? Very important. And the theme that we covered last week was heresy. Remember that? Uh, now today we're going to build on the subject or the section of maintaining truth. Here in chapter 2, verse 18 and 19, okay, 
He began his section on truth on a negative note. Oh, heresy, that's negative. But now he, he comes in these next two verses and he brings in a positive. But you, he says, but you. He talks a negative, negative, ah, heresy people and can be heret, you know, uh, can be false teachings, false notions, false ideas, you know, and ministries and, and organizations and, and the, that are built on this, religions that are built on this. But now he's, but you, he says, how he starts it off there, okay, in verse 20. But you have an anointing from the Holy One. And the anointing, okay, he, he, he's talking about a positive here, and the anointing of the Holy One means the Holy Spirit. But you have the Holy Spirit, and I hope you do, okay? Now, John is referring here to the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Not the baptism of the Holy Ghost, but that's something else. That's when you speak in tongues and you get all crazy and people think you're nuts. Sometimes. You know that? Uh, people say, oh my God, he speaks in tongues. Oh, I don't want to go to that church. I want to be Baptist. But the Bible says, you know, it, it distinctly says, forbid not to speak in tongues. Uh, allow them to speak. I mean, that, when you speak in tongues, ain't nobody else knows what you're saying except God the Father who gave you that language. Uh, it's sort of like you have a, a direct phone to God. Now, I want that. That's why I got it. Hallelujah. Huh? Uh, that's important. But some people say, oh, my goodness. Because you're thinking with your mentality. The church shall live by faith, not by mentality. Uh, but, so, but here he's talking about not the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He's talking about the indwelling. The moment you get saved, it comes inside of you. All right? You have the anointed. The anointing one. Okay? That occurs when you're born again. Look at John chapter 7. We're going to cover a few portions of scripture here today. And I like to go to John, when I'm dealing with 1 John, I like to go to St. John because it's the same man. Remember, 1 John was written about what? 30 to 35 years later after he wrote St. John. So in other words, it's been about 30, 35 years. So this guy's got quite a bit of experience when he writes 1 John. But in St. John chapter 7, okay, later on we're going to look at chapter 16, but right now in chapter 7, <coughs> beginning in verse 37, It says there, on the last and greatest day of the feast, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, if anyone is thirsty, let him come unto me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from within him. Talking about the Holy Spirit, the baptism. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him, believers, were later to what? Receive. Up to that time, the Spirit had not yet been given. Since Jesus had not yet been glorified. Okay, now. So once we've received the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, once it's inside of us, John says, that the indwelling enables us to now know. Now we know. Before you, had, you didn't have the Holy Spirit, you didn't know a lot of stuff. But once you have the indwelling... The spirit of truth has come upon you and you have a better understanding. So because of the born again experience, we have now been rendered capable of receiving genuine truth. Up until that point, we're just like, huh? Okay, I guess so. Uh, whatever's clever, Trevor. Huh? See, but we have no need to walk in darkness, dazed and confused any longer. Because John says, and we covered that in 1 John earlier, that we walk in the light now. We walk in the truth. We have understanding. Now we can walk in the light. Now we can walk in the truth. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. I am the way, the, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through 
Me, Jesus says. Okay? Truth. See, the believer can know the truth, and he or she can even be given what happens now. We're given the equipment that we didn't have before to know the truth. Okay? And we're able to know the truth, a truth that reaches, you know, beyond even unto eternity. Listen to what I'm saying right there. Now we have the capacity, the equipment. Once the Holy Spirit indwells in us, we have the capacity, we have the equipment. And so that's what I want to analogize here. That's what I want to bring out today. The Holy Spirit is the equipment given to you to receive the truth. And I'm not just talking about simple truths. I'm talking about deep truths that the Spirit talks about, the Bible talks about. Some heavy stuff. Deep truths about the universe. Ah, we can know these things. Why? Because we have the equipment now, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. That's the reason why the Apostle Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 2, chapter, chapter 2, verse 16 of 1 Corinthians, but you have the mind of Christ. So we can do things. I don't have the mind of Tim or Keith. If I did, I could play the piano. I don't know if this is on. Probably not. Turn it off anyways. Sounds like Halloweenish, huh? I did pretty good, huh? But that's the Holy Ghost helping me because I don't have the mind of Tim in them, you know? Uh, that's the indwelling there. Uh, but since we do have the mind of Christ, we can be like Christ. We can be Christ like, we can be Christians. Uh, we have that truth living inside of us. Look at John chapter 16. John 16, verses 12 and 13. Very important to. To build on the sermon that I'm going to speak here today. John 16, we're still dealing with John, 35 years prior to his reading, uh, writing of 1 John. John 16, verses 12 and 13. I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the spirit of what? The spirit of? He will what? Guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only that what he hears. And he will tell you what is yet to come. In other words, you're going to get to know all these things. Uh, but at verse 12 says, I have much to tell you, but right now, he says, right now, you can't bear it. Right now, you can't understand it. Why? Because the indwelling of the Holy Spirit had not yet come to his disciples. But once he died and resurrected and sent the Comforter, which is the Holy Spirit, now you can understand but he says, I can't tell you some of these things. That's what Jesus would speak in parables sometimes. He says, to you is given the keys of the kingdom, but other people can't really understand it. Uh, it's a lot of gibberish. Uh, but now, once they have the Holy Spirit, they could detect. Now they have the equipment to know and comprehend the truth. Uh, you know, I was studying for the sermon by the beach in Rosarito, and there they have these things, uh, some people... And they have a thing that looks like this. Uh, and they go around. And then the guy will just go, you know. Uh, this is the equipment to find the coins. Um, well, we have the same equipment to find the truth. When we have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit living inside of us. Before we didn't know better to know God, to know better. What have I said before? You know, for me to walk down the, the street 
28 years ago with a bottle of rainy ale in my hand was nothing. I didn't care. You know, they're going to arrest you, soul. Now, if I get a ticket, hey, Josie, Josie, we've got to make sure you're paid. I don't want to go to jail. Uh, it's not that I'm afraid. It's just that now I have conviction. Why? I got the victor living in me. I got the spirit in me now. He said, come on, Steve, you want to live a good life now. You want to live a blessed life. You want to live a right life. You want to live a correct life. I got the equipment over here now that we didn't have before to help us out. Now we have the ability not only to know deep truths of God, but also to find deep truths about ourselves. Ooh. We can know a lot about the moon and the deep things of God, but we can also find out about ourselves. Ooh. Man, the kukui living in me. Before. Uh, see, the natural man has heavy trouble finding the truth about himself. Did some of you see this past uh, week when Richard Gere got jeered? Uh, behind, he went to that concert. Him and who was the other one? Hillary. Remember, did you see that on, on, on the new CNN? They were at that big concert full of New Yorkers and all that. Hillary Clinton get behind her. And she goes, thank you, thank you. They, went, they were jeering her. But they did the same thing to Richard Gere. Uh, you know why Richard Gere got behind them? Because he was saying, oh, you know, you got to take that, that hate and that, that passion for the hatred and, 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 and uh, you know, utilize it for, for good and for positive and for love. He belongs to Christian science and all that stuff. He's into the Dalai Lama and all that stuff. Uh, because he was trying to, oh, you know, be, you know, looking for truth. What they were really saying, you don't know the truth. That's really what they were saying. Uh, ay, ay, ay. <laughs> uh, see, the Bible says in John 16, 13, that we covered, but when the spirit of truth has come upon you, okay, it's going to guide you into all truth. Now, remember, John began... This section, maintaining truth with a negative. And that negative was the subject of the word heresy. We've covered that already. But John said, okay, that most heresy began and came out of us. That's what he says there in verse 19. The heresy began out of us. It came out of the truth. And most of those heresies developed and they were uh, turned into cult teachings. Like the Jehovah Witnesses, the Mormons that we believe. Uh, that's Christian science. They sound real good on that Jehovah's Witness. They came to my door yesterday. Uh, and I went to go answer it. I said, get the door. And there they were. Distinguished looking gentlemen. Uh, spoke broken English. But, you know, I guess they turned him loose there. And he goes, uh, hi, we're here to discuss and to talk about how we can have a better world. They always get real tricky. There was a, a better world. If people want to, like right now, oh, they want a better world. But I knew who they were. Uh, and then I said, uh, okay, uh, are you born again? They said, well, Jehovah changed my life. Are you born again? Well, Jehovah changed my life. I said, well, Jesus changed mine. Uh, and then, uh, they, 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 you know, we need to have a Bible study. I said, I, you know what, I'd like to invite you in because I had, I had some time. I wanted to cut it up with them. Uh, <laughs> but I wasn't appropriate, you know. Was, 
And then they were like, oh, you know, I mean, but what is his name? I said, the father, you know, Jesus said no one comes to the father and the father is Jehovah. And they got all happy, you know. I said, but Jesus is the way, you know, he's the truth. If you don't have Jesus in your heart, buddy, you know, well, I have Jehovah. I have, no, 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 you need Jesus. And then we kept going at it, you know, and I said, no, nah, I'm a manager, I'm a pastor, bro. Uh, and I love you and I care for you, bro. Uh, and they were like, wow, and he's trying to throw scriptures at me. And, and, and then I said, well, you know what? I'll pray for you. No, no. They didn't want me to pray for them. Hmm. I almost started speaking in tongues, you know, hallelujah. Uh, that would have been heavy if one of them got baptized, oh, hallelujah. Had the interpretation. <laughs> the silent one, you know. That's the way Joseph, that they come. The one was just in the silent over there, you know. Oh, Jesus. They've come out of us. See, all these came, and they come due to man's universal search for truth. That's how they're, they're birthed. Man wants to know the truth. They want to be, they want to know. You ever deal with people, they want, they want to be right. Man wants to be right. Well, who's the right one? You ever had your family say, well, who's the real right teaching? Who's the right? People want to be right. Ugh. But, you know, they come out from us. Man is always going to be looking and searching for the truth. But John says... In chapter 2, verse 20 through 21, that truth has really always been there. Listen to me. He's, he's saying, truth was always here. It was inside of us. But we couldn't find it until the indwelling of the Holy Spirit came inside of us. Then we'll know the truth. But it's always been here. Man's always looking for truth. Christian science. Sounds good. A Christian science. Uh, everything sounds real good. They're looking for truth. But the truth is really inside of you. But not until you get the Holy Spirit living inside of you will you know the truth. But it's always been there. The only thing we lacked was the anointing, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit coming and guiding us and showing us all truth. In other words, we didn't have the equipment. We didn't have this equipment to show us. But once you have the Holy Spirit, whoo, to know God is to know better. See, while man is wanting to really, really know the truth of creation and all of its mysteries, the truth is found in Jesus Christ. Christ crucified. Uh, for this cause was the Son of Man manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. It's found in Jesus. And we can get to know the truth once we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. John says, but you know the truth. That is why I write to you. That's what he's saying in the scripture that we're covering. But you know the truth, he says. That's why I am writing to you. See, a man without Christ that's living inside of him by the power of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, that man hasn't got a clue regarding his existence. Really, he doesn't have a clue of what truth really, really is. Not at all. Because God's not living inside of him. Though sometimes he acts like he has it all together. Like Richard Gere. He's got to get a power, channel it into positive force. Uh, can they try to act like they have it together? Uh, I mean, I, before I, I, I mean, if anybody was all messed up, it was me. And some of you. A lot of you. Uh, you ever tripped on guys from the hood? What have I said before? The guys from the neighborhood, they have the best walks. Why? Because they don't have no cars. <laughs> Remember? They, they, have the, they have the greatest experience. Because they, they can walk good. Because that's all they do is know how to walk. You know, after a while, you should be able to walk good. Uh, but we're like, you know, like if we really got it together, we don't got it together. We don't know nothing. Uh, we should walk like, uh, I don't know. Uh, but we, oh, we're cool. You know, we got it together. We, not until the Holy Spirit comes inside of you. Then you really know about life. Uh, 
See, to those who have the Holy Spirit, to you and I, he says, I can write to you, John says. To you, I can write. Because you have the ability to understand. That's what John says. In other words, John can write to us because he knows we know the truth. And thus to us, he's not throwing his pearls to pigs. He says, I can write to you because you understand, you comprehend. Other people, I can't really write to them because they don't, they, they don't comprehend it to them. It's like, what? Uh, the, the Bible's like algebra. Oh, no. oh, huh? But we have the math teacher living in me. Hallelujah. Ah, uh, I mean, we, we know calculus and, you know, geometry and trigonometry. All that stuff. We can figure it out. Because we have the equipment living inside of us. When before we didn't. To us, John can reveal the nature of both truth and of error as well. We can figure out right and wrong. We can know truth and we can know error. We can know the genuine article from the fraud. Because we have that equipment. John is saying that when he writes to us, he knows good and well that we have within us the power to take what he is saying and by listening to the teacher, to the Holy Spirit, we can then come to grips to the full knowledge of truth. That's why he feels good about writing to us. That's why he says, I write to you. I can't write to other people because they're not going to comprehend it. But to you, you can. John knows that it doesn't make sense to write to people who are not born again. He says, man, they're, they're not going to comprehend it. Because what he will tell them will sound as if he's being a bit rude and maybe even dogmatic. You know that? Man, you mean I can't get to heaven without knowing Jesus? That's bad. That's what they'll think. But I have Allah. Uh, I have Jehovah. That doesn't make, that's not right. Well, I'm sorry, but that's what Jesus says. If you can't comprehend it, you don't understand that, that's, that's, that's your problem. But you're not going to get to heaven without Jesus. Bottom line, that's it. Uh, but he can't waste his words. So, because it's going to sound like if we're, doesn't you, sometimes your, your family gets all like, well, man, who do you think you are? You don't know. Yeah, we do. To know God is no better. See, a person needs to receive Christ before he can receive truth. You do. You need to receive Christ first into your heart. Uh, then you can receive the knowledge of the truth. Then John says, and you know that no lie is of the truth. Verse 20, 21. He says, and in verse 21 says, and you know that no lie is of the truth. In other words, what he's saying here is that there's no gray areas. There's no compromise. There's no gray. It's either black or white, wrong or right. That's it. Uh, there's, there's no purgatory. Uh, there's no middle, well, you know what, I, I can have a little bit of this and a little bit of that, a little bit of the world and a little bit of, uh, of Christianity. Uh, no, 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 no. Uh, there's no middle ground. There's no gray areas. Because you know you should know better. Uh, well, you know, I can come to church on Sunday and Saturdays I can go out. I'm, you know, I, I, I'm a Christian. Come on. Who are you fooling? Yourself? Uh, no, there's no gray areas. That's what he's saying. You know that there's no lie in the truth. See, the person with the Holy Spirit can quite easily distinguish between right and wrong, between black and white. You ever heard me say, a dog's got to bark? I say that every now and then. A dog's got to bark. Because people, especially when you become a Christian, 
You hear somebody cuss. My virgin ears. Come on, we should have taped you before you were saved. Uh, we play the tape. Oh, my virgin ears. What do you mean, your virgin? That was you. Huh? Yeah. Because we get all like, oh, how dare they? Listen, dogs got to bark. Sinners got to sin. That's what I mean by that. Don't get all bent out of shape. Oh. My son, my daughter. Oh, my, oh, the dog's got to bark. That's black. That's black. Okay? Sin is easy to spot. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Distinguish between. You'll know the truth. And you'll know error. John is saying, I'm writing to you because you should already know this. There's no need to explain heavily to you regarding right and wrong. Uh, you, you know, one, one, one place where our young people have problems with is with music. Because there's a lot of good music. Oh, what's wrong with that? K-Fog. Sounds of mellow love. Uh, what's wrong? I'm just listening for the, for the shotgun play. Well, you, sometimes you might have to do that. Uh, but don't get stuck there. What I'm trying to say is, and what John is saying, he's talking about that. He's saying, you don't got to go to the world to be satisfied. You don't got to go to the world to be content. Uh, Christian music is, 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 is good. We got some great Christian music. Uh, don't, don't go to the world to satisfy you. Let Jesus, solo Cristo satisface. Jesus alone satisfies. Uh, you don't got to go to, to wild one oh whatever. Ah, uh, 100.7 is bad. The bridge. Ah, uh, right to him. Hallelujah. I'm throwing a plug for him. He works for the bridge. Hallelujah. Uh, Caleb's pretty good too, eh? Hallelujah. Uh, but you got some good Christian music. Uh, don't, let, don't go to the world. See, John is saying that when one has that anointing, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, that that person goes from living a life by convenience to living a life by conviction. That's, that's what I wanted to say here. Before we were saying we were living a life of convenience. Whatever is clever, Trevor. It's your thing. See, I heard a few old songs. Do what you want to do. Uh, that was the scene of the world. Hey, whatever turns you on, buddy, go for it. Before, we were living by convenience. But now that we have the Holy Spirit inside of us, the equipment, now we live by conviction. Uh, what have I said before? I mean, not really. Not for me to get a ticket. <gasps> I'll never park there again. Uh, I mean, like, oh, no. I wonder if I could go. There's your answer. Now you live a life of conviction. You know, I think maybe I should leave the home. Ah. Uh, Conviction versus convenience. See, instead of following our fleshly desires, we now, now, we have another voice guiding us on. It's another voice. I, I heard uh, Don Summers, who used to come here before, he, was, he worked for Billy Graham Associate in, 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 in London, England. He used to come here and preach many years ago. And I like what he said, and I use it sometimes. 
He was saying, as I was speaking to you, brothers, there was another voice speaking to you. I said, that's right. Even as I'm speaking to you, there's another voice. That's the Holy Ghost dwelling inside of you. And if he's not dwelling inside of you, he's outside of you right now saying, you better get right. You need the equipment. Get this equipment. Uh, it's free. Yours for the asking. See, but there's another voice now helping us on. What have I said before? What does, help me, what does salvation mean? Help. Once you get saved, you got help that you didn't have before. Why do you think you couldn't use, stop using drugs? Uh, see, our drug program is not a drug program. It's Jesus. It's a man. Hallelujah. It's the power of the Holy Ghost. Well, how do people get off drugs? They get the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit living inside of them. Guiding them and protecting them. We can't be with them 24-7. But Jesus can be with you 24-7. Uh, and he's... And sometimes people say, you mean, does God speak to you in, a, in an audible voice? No, he speaks louder than that. Uh, he'll speak loud to you. Stay there. Don't go there. Do this. Tithe. He'll speak loud and clear if you can't hear. So put down your beer, dear. Hallelujah. Uh, ay, 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 ay. We got the help. Another thing, what have I said before? Now that you're saved, you can still do anything you want to. Those of you that are new are like, oh, I can't. Yeah. If you're just born again recently, you're just a new Christian, you can do anything you want to in Christianity. The only thing is, God changes your want-tos. Huh? Before I wanted to go, yeah, mess up your body and, and get all that stuff. Now, now, now I want to come to church. Now I want to hear sermons. Now I, I want to take notes. Now I want to be a, I want to please God. God changes your want-tos. Uh, D.L. Moody, one time, he was preaching in London. And, and he preached a powerful sermon on, on character and honesty and integrity. The next day he was going to go touring and he got on a bus. True story. And he got on a bus and he, he gave the, the, the bus driver, uh, you know, his, his, the money to get on the bus and all that. The, the bus driver gave him the ticket and gave him his change. And when D.L. Moody sat down, he looked. And he had like about $12 above what he had given the guy. He said, uh-oh. So when he was getting off, he goes, you know what, man? You gave me $12 extra change. And then the bus driver says, I know. But I was in the service last night. <laughs> oh, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on D.L. Moody. Ah. See, that is what John is wanting to tell us. That once we did pretty much as we pleased and desired. But now, but now he says... To know God is to know better. Now you can handle truth. But even better than that, truth can handle you. He says, now, he says, I'm writing to you because now you can handle truth. But even better than that, truth can handle you. In other words, you're controlled by truth. You want to know the truth. You want to study your word. What am I supposed to do? What am I not supposed to do? Holy Spirit, help me. Lead me and guide me. Uh, what John is saying, and this is the key to the sermon as I get ready to close. What John is saying is this, I'm writing to you because, because, I'm writing to you because, because you can be helped. That's the bottom line of the sermon, because you can be helped. That's what I'm writing to you. I'm not, I'm not wasting my words with you, because you have the Holy Spirit inside of you. You should act like a Christian. 
Ah. Because the Holy Spirit is inside of you, you can still grow. You can still learn. You can still mature. You can still evolve. That's why I'm writing to you. I'm not writing, throwing my pearls to swine here. With you, the pen is mightier than the pig pen. I thought a lot to write that one down. That's one of my best that I've ever quoted. I, I like that one. Uh, I'm writing to you because to you, the pen is mightier than the pig pen. Uh, your nature's different now. Uh, you got a new nature living inside of you. Not that old nature. The nature of a, of a pig. See, John is admonishing us to make good, godly decisions. He's advising us to include God in our choices. What would Jesus do? Ask that. And make your decisions in life accordingly. This is what the spirit, spiritual leaders call the exchange life. It's called the exchange life. We're giving up our life for his life. We got to live as Christians the exchange life. What would Jesus do? I write to you because you have the very equipment. But all that remains to be seen is, are you going to use the equipment? You might have the equipment, but sometimes you keep it on the shelf. I have a sermon called God with the Wind. God speaks to you, but you're, you turn to my, ah, that wasn't you, God. That wasn't God. Some people, some people, you know, they've been saved nine, ten months, and they're wondering, I wonder if I can start dating yet. Yes, the answer was yes. I got it. I got it. <laughs> no, you have the equipment inside of you. You should know better. Uh, it's like a little baby. Uh, trying to go out and, and, and on a date. <laughs> See? This is, I write to you because you have the equipment. The key is, and the, and the question is, are you going to use that equipment? Will you be obedient? My wife had a series, and I've spoken on this before. She had a series on knowing the will of God, and she said, to know the will of God is not that hard. What's hard is to obey the will of God. To know God's will ain't that hard. Here it is. The hard thing is to obey it, to do it. But according to John chapter... 1 John chapter 2, verses 20 and 21, to know God is to know better. We have help. It's up to us to use that equipment. Uh, see, dogs got to bark. But I would add to that and say that sheep got to stay clean. Sheep got to stay clean. That's our job. And how do we stay clean? By the help of the Holy Spirit. Yes, the dog's got to bark. And some of you, maybe you're barking today. Well, you can turn into a sheep. And we have that new nature, the sheep nature. And I've said it before. I mean, when a pig falls into mud, he digs it. He's like, hey, homie, give me five. Hey, hey. What'd it be like, cuz? Yeah, hey, what's going on? Hey, homie. Homie, don't you know me? Why don't you show me? Yeah, 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 you know. What time is it? Two in the morning? No, it's early. It's early. You got some time here? It's only Friday night. I don't have to be to work till Tuesday. Uh, hey, bro. That's a dog. That's, that, that's a pig. But when a sheep falls into the mud, 
what happens? You're like, hey, yeah, I guess so, yeah. But then all of a sudden, he says, oh, my God, what am I doing here with these pigs? <laughs> so he got to get out of the, the, the mud and go look for some water. Go to church. Get us, read the Bible. Get that water. <laughs> because the sheep's got to stay clean. Dog's got a back. Pig's got a pen. Hallelujah. Sheep's got to stay clean. This is the spirit. I write to you because I know I'm not throwing my pearls to swine. Because I know you're going to do something about it. I want every head bowed and every eye closed. Because every head is bowed and every eye is closed. We've been studying First John. Powerful letter. Written by a man of experience. 35 years written after he had written the book of St. John. That's a whole lot of experience. He knows what he's talking about. He says, I'm writing to you because I know it can help you. I'm writing to you. I'm preaching to you this morning because I know you're going to respond. Do respond this morning. Don't turn a deaf ear to the word of God. For again, as I was speaking to you, there was a perfect voice. Turning the words that I said into total love, complete love, perfect love. Say, listen, you got to get clean. You need to stay clean. Clean before my Lord I stay. I want to pray for you this morning. If those of you that say, I need to get clean. Maybe you say, I want, to, I want that sheep nature. I want to be born again. I want, to, I want that equipment. Then I want to pray for you. Maybe there's some of you, you have the equipment, but you haven't been using it. You haven't been yielding to the guidance of the Holy Spirit. You've been going your wayward way, your own way. You say, I don't want that. I want to do what Jesus wants me to do. And if that's you here this morning, and you want me to pray for you. I'm going to ask you very quickly to stand to your feet right there where you're at. If you find yourself in either of these categories that I've mentioned here this morning. I want to stay clean. And I need God to clean me up. I need to listen to his equipment. The anointed one living inside of me. Indwelling of the Holy Spirit. I want that in my life. Because I want to get to heaven. Jesus said I am the way. I am the truth and I am the life. No man cometh to the Father unto heaven except through him, through me, Jesus said, through him. Many are standing, but I believe there could be others. You want to be included in this prayer before we conclude this 9 o'clock service? To know God is to know better. But I want to pray for those of you that have been treading on dangerous ground where you know you have no business doing. You want God to help you. You want God to strengthen you. You want God to empower you. You want to ask, what would Jesus do? Then you want to do that. If that's you, many are standing, but I believe there could be others. Before we pray, before I conclude in prayer, you desire me to pray for you. Now you desire the good things. God has changed your want-tos. 
and you want me to pray for you.